cheese, Rick. Animation celery again? Uh, I mean, crunchy conversations about classic cartoons. Spoon! I'm Matsy. <laughs> I'm Micah. Uh, on this podcast, we watch and review cartoons. And this time, we're going to be talking about a German animated feature cat detective mystery called Philidae. It's going to be wild. Yeah. As we always do, we first tell our own tale. And, uh, Massey, what's happened to you this week? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say a big thank you to all the Splatoon 3 players on Team Gear for propelling us to victory in last week's Splatfest. I got up to, uh, Gear Defender as mm-hmm. I recall. And I got 16 sweet super sea snails that I can use to recustomize a shirt that I like. So okay. that's neat. Um, what else happened? Um, I mentioned offhand in some episode once didn't, you know, we didn't discuss it. I just, I was like, Oh, is it that? No, it's that thing. Um, Something on YouTube called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Okay. Which premiered like 11 years ago and had something like four to six episodes over the course of the next three years. So it hasn't really done anything in like six years or something. All right. And apparently now it's a show. Um, Which is weird to have this like 10 year old show that people made on YouTube suddenly become like a show. Still a YouTube show or I don't know where this thing is for. I found it on some third party website and I was like, what Mm. this it's it's not animated, but it's puppets. It's a kind of a parody of like British kids TV shows. Oh, um, where you've got this. I think the main character is there's red guy who's like this human in a red bodysuit, but on his head, he has like a mop head and a couple of googly eyes on top. Right. Uh, and then there's a yellow guy who is a puppet man and bird guy who is a bird. And it's like each episode will have some kind of a theme. And it seems like it's going to be educational and like somebody's singing a song to him about the thing that they're supposed to be learning about. But then it invariably goes silent and dark and becomes twisted and like dark noises and things. And it's like a psychological scary horror thing and kind of like kind of like the way that regular show and close enough always just evolve into something supernatural happening right it's okay kind of the same with this mm-hmm. and it's stupid oh. um i i don't care about it i was just shocked to see that they're making more of it um g- good for them <laughs> i guess well, it seemed to be fertile ground to make fun of, like, Teletubbies and Boobahs and all that stuff. You know, you'd think. Yeah. But I guess you need to be, uh, I don't know, more competent at it. Okay. I don't know. I I don't know. There's there's definitely, there's definitely something you could do there, but uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of scr- I'm kind of scrambling here. That was kind of like. I, I, I don't know. I, I, there's two more episodes of Beavis and Butthead, but I haven't watched them yet. But I know that there's one where a girl is trying to make friends with Beavis by drawing a picture of the Metallica logo. And it turns out that he's wearing that shirt because he thinks it says medium. Huh. Funny. Yeah. So, okay. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of what I've been doing over the last less than a week since the last time we recorded doesn't really revolve around cartoons that much. Uh, well, it all... doesn't have to. Um, I guess. Hmm? I mean, this is our this is our garbage up front, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, for That's example, true. I was I was thinking that, uh, you know how people today after every line say, not going to lie, not going to lie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, there's a. okay, okay. this is actually a good segue. So as you know, I play a lot in addition to Splatoon 3 uh, of the Binding of Isaac. 
Yes. And I also like watching YouTubers who play The Binding of Isaac. Yeah. And there's one that I found recently who his his stick is kind of to just break the game and like, oh, here I I got these items in such a way that it created such a mess that the game crashed, mm. you know, and he doesn't. I don't even know if it's a he. I'm just assuming. Um, OK, they don't actually talk over the video. Instead, they put up text and a lot of it is like, hmm, almost got hit there, LMAO, or, you know, NGL. Was, temp- <laughs> was tempted to take soy milk, NGL. Right. Um, and the one, and that started to frustrate me, like seeing that over and over. Right. But the one, and, and you know, NGL is obviously not going to lie. Yeah. But the one that drove me kind of crazy was Pog. Because... Hmm. I feel like it was relatively recently that I would see the word pog and I'm, and it's always capitalized. And I was like, what is pog? Why do people, people keep saying pog in a video game context? And so I looked it up as, Oh, play of the game. All right, fine. But when this YouTuber is doing that, like, Oh, rock bottom pog. And then, Oh, sacred heart pog. You can't have more than one play of the game. It is the play of the game. Right. And that's and it shouldn't. But it's driving me insane. (laughs) People who say pog more than once in a video. I feel like this going in circles because this was an old thing we did, too. where You were talking about pog. Really? Yeah. And then I teased you for a few weeks because I kept saying poggers and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, my point is that I'm not that not going to lie stuff. I think a lot of entertainers do like that have this kind of audience do it as an affect. Like you can Mm. totally tell it's not natural for them. Oh, yeah. Not going to lie. And I was thinking there was a phase before that, a short phase where people said way too much. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just heard me go. Right. I guess that's mine. I'm like old fashioned. I go really and write quite a bit, which I guess is the same thing. Right. And it, it's a, if you go back a thousand just, years, it'd be like, verily. It's weird to think about this because like I always I often jump on Bob's Burgers for how many characters start their sentences by saying, I mean. Right. But then I do it, too. Oh, sure. Like, it's not a crutch that the writers of Bob's Burgers are using. It's how people actually talk. Yeah. I don't even notice it. I just say it. And. I'll look, think back on it. It's like, wait, did I say the thing? Oh, man. Well, I think, uh, okay, this is the one I'm going to try to bring into my lexicon. Okay. Uh, uh, in Australia, they have a term that goes fair dinkum, which is basically, yep. yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking I'll, I'll start employing that one. Fair dinkum. Hmm. There Set is a, the accent, but yeah. there is um, apparently an Animal Crossing slash Stardew Valley clone mm-hmm. called Dinkum. Where <laughs> it's like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley, except you're trying to build a thriving home in the Australian outback. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, I don't know a lot about it. Just when you said Dinkum, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> of course. Actually, I, I remember there was a strong bad email where from a, someone from Australia wrote in. He's like, oh, it was um, he wanted to his kid to join the strong Badian army or whatever. Mm. And so then there was a video of like several different armies, like a, a recruiting drive. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, so that's fair, right, Dinkum? Like, yeah, OK, a little a little joke there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> I guess I can talk about <laughs> cartoon stuff, too, because I watched a fair number of cartoons. OK, um, let's see. Maybe I'll have something to say about some of the cartoons you watched. Um. I watched a few more Simpsons of, of the current season. Oh, okay. And uh, it was a little uh, inconsistent. Mm. I watched three. One was good. One was acceptable. And one was kind of bad. All right. Um, I will say, though, that one aspect that I've been noticing that I quite like is more moments that make Marge and Homer really seem like a couple. Yeah. And one of the ones in this was uh, in one of the episodes was Homer 
was uh, microwaving some popcorn, you know, like in the bag. Um, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. he comes like, this is my favorite show. And he's he's, <laughs> he's he's chanting with it. And then Marge comes in the kitchen and she gets excited and hunkers down and chants like, no kernels, no kernels. <laughs> so I, I kind of like stuff like that where you can see why they're a couple. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, two of the episodes, back to back ones, had a lot of phone stuff in it. Like the one Homer was being uh, canceled. And so everywhere he went, people were people had their phones directed at him. Mm. Um, what was the other one? I don't know, but seems like I mean I guess it's the time, but a lot of their jokes are based on that. Um, huh. It's interesting. I'm just thinking about how many times there are phone calls in The Simpsons that you know I watched back in the '90s, and I'm realizing since I stopped watching The Simpsons, like fixed phones have kind of stopped being a thing. Right. Like when they're having when you know. I was going to say when Homer's talking to a poo, but a poo isn't there anymore. So it's like when Homer's oh, yeah. talking to a mo, is he talking on a cell phone or is he just talking on the phone on the table? Was a poo totally written out? I am. I mean, I haven't watched The Simpsons, but as I understand it, um, his voice actor doesn't want to do the voice anymore. And, and they, they figure just they, don't they replace him. Eh? Yeah. Well, well, they were like, you know what? Yeah, I think. I was on the fence about it. I was like, when they first said, we're not going to use a poo anymore. And I was like, well, I mean, he is there. Like he's, you're showing Indian culture. Like it's not entirely a stereotype. Like, you know, well, he he started that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But then, and I was like, I don't know if you need to remove the whole character. Like he's there, but then I think it's Harry Shearer who does the voice, but I could be wrong. Could be Hank Azaria. No, it's Azaria. Yeah. It it is Azaria? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And when Azaria said, like, he was kind of against it too until he started to think about, like, Indian children getting made fun of, like, being called a poo and something. And I kind of went, ooh, yeah, okay, I can see that. If it's like, if you're, if it's, such an easy stereotype that immature mm. people can use it for bullying, then yeah, maybe don't. I, I think they've long wrestled this even before it came an issue uh, with like the public in general. Mm. Um, because it seemed like after he started as just, you know, ha ha, look, it's a convenience store guy and he's Indian, right? Uh, right. They really built him up. They made a whole lot of plots about him and they made him like almost a saint, Right. Mm-hmm. To the point where I then I think they reversed it and they made him cheat on his wife and go the other direction where he was a total dog. Oh, and boy. A total no, but dorg. They, yes. But I, I think they gave him a lot of focus. I don't know. Uh, I guess. Good, but I'll take a lot of fond memories of those Apu episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I especially like the one where he uh, uh, has to get his citizenship. Yeah. And uh, when the magazines start talking to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it's the cat from Cat Fancy here. <laughs> Don't make the same mistakes I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like that one and the one where he gets fired uh, are the one that every are the ones that everybody remembers for up who. Yeah. Um, Okay, so yeah, I did that. It was, it was it, like I said, mixed bag. I don't think it's yeah. as bad as everyone says it is. It's just on too long. Um, I think it might be a relative thing, like yeah. because it was so good, and now it's just another show. Sure, well saturated, you know, and I, yeah. I guess yeah, things have a time as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, see, I also I completed Rilakkuma's theme park adventure. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there's not a lot of Kauru in it. Remember, the the series is initially called Rilakkuman Kauru. Right. Um, in fact, it's kind of evenly divided between all the characters, with her mm. maybe getting the smallest share. Hmm. Um, it has a bunch of animation styles in it. So all Ooh. the flashbacks are limited to the animation. Oh, neat. Yes, and then, you know, if somebody has a fantasy or if we see a video game, it's another kind of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one of the uh, 
one of the plot points in this, as I described last time, they've gone, they've gotten free admission to a theme park that's closing down. Right. And the thing that's that holds Rilakkuma, the big doofy bears focus, is there's a stamp rally where you go to all the places in the park uh, and you get a stamp. Yeah. And, and at the end, you get a tremendous pile of hot cakes with cream and berries. Of course you do. Everything is pancakes in that show. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, or, or Odongo. Those are his two favorites, I guess. The pancakes. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Um, the little balls on a stick. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, the uh, see. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I love this guy so much because he's so, he's so useless. Right. Really? Like, uh, one of the stamp rally things, they go to a booth with games. And uh, they you have to score a certain amount in the games. Mm hmm. So uh, the the woman that's with uh, Tokyo there, she, she shoots the target and um, Kiroi Tori, the little bird thing, throws the ring on whatever. And so they're all excelling at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show Rilakuma at the whack-a-mole. And he's so slow witted and unaware. Right. He's just looking as each each mole goes up and goes down. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually gets one. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> heck, there was there's in the first series, there's a bit where they need money. Mm -hmm. And so all the stuffed animals get jobs. Okay. And he's the only one that can't hold a job. <laughs> he's so <laughs> bad at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it does build to a climax of some amount of stakes with like, uh, payoffs. They, they meet various people and various things happen, you know, in the episodes leading up to it. Um, some of those payoffs are pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> and even Rilakkuma gets to be a hero in one, in one respect of it. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, it was, it was it's good. Uh, so, yeah, I guess anybody who wants like a lighthearted, boy, I don't know if, I don't know if the series is really lighthearted. Huh. Hmm? Well, Kauru's got a lot of adulting that's kind of yeah. sad. So I don't know. I guess hmm. maybe it's not for kids, but adults that like this kind of thing, but also will appreciate that, you know, she's a woman with no direction and, <laughs> and is a little hmm. foolish. They might enjoy that stuff. Right. I like it anyway. Sure. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, Raven turned me on to Over the Garden Wall. Oh, I want to watch that. That's one of those ones that I I see mentioned briefly and go, oh, I should watch that. And then I forget about it until the next time somebody mentions it. Well, here I have mentioned it. Uh, I watched, right. a, watched a handful of episodes. So this is a cartoon that features brothers Wirt and Gregory. Mm -hmm. uh, Wirt's a, I guess, a boy of about 10 to 13, maybe, wears a conical cap. And his little brother Gregory wears a tea kettle atop his head. Okay. Um, their third traveling companion is a talking bluebird named Beatrice, who's pretty funny. Um, uh, and I, 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 Gregory carries a frog, too, if he counts as a fourth companion. <laughs> uh, he's he's more intelligent than a normal frog, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's them lost in the woods, unable to get home. And as they wander, they keep encountering new situations that, you know, are haunted or have monsters or, you know, so on. Right. Um, what I think, my, my, my comparison, it's kind of like Courage the Cowardly Dog, but more interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would say it's not really laugh out loud funny, but it's really whimsical. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of animals that have the trappings of like Beatrix Potter, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> opening the show, a, uh, a cat. With a wagon, uh, he's driving turkeys that are pulling the wagon. <laughs> so stuff like that, I quite like. Hey. It. Hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, pretty enjoyable. I like it. I like it. Oh, good. Anyway, I guess that's what I got for the week. Okay. Well, then let's start talking about the thing that we're kind of going to talk about, which is a movie that you saw the, I don't know, name of or thumbnail of or something and decided that this <laughs> is the thing that we should watch. A uh, German film called Philidae. Yeah. Uh, which is about a, well, I mean, you're, you'll give a brief 
sure, look at sure, it. Sure. Why, why don't you do that now? Why don't you do that now? Actually, I was just looking up a uh, a list of indie movies, indie animated movies, and saw this oh. like 19th or something, and it's like, what was that? So anyway, okay. Feel a Day, directed by Michael Schock in 1994. Uh, so it begins with Francis the Cat narrating the introduction. Uh, he and his human owner, Gus, arrive at a dilapidated building, their new home. Gus, mm. a student of archaeology, is a writer of pulp fiction for a career. And perhaps the meld of influences is the reason for this cat's intelligence and inquisitiveness. Hmm. Francis, our film noir gumshoe, smells an odd, unpleasant aroma coming from the upstairs. However, his attention is drawn by the warbling cry of a cat. He exits a window and meets a rough-looking Maine Coon, blind in one eye, a limp in one foot. As he approaches, Francis notices what's preoccupying the other cat, a slain cat in the backyard, his throat ripped open. The Coon figures that the victim, Sasha, was killed by a human, but perceptive Francis deduces that a human wouldn't have inflicted such a jagged wound. And after a scout around his new neighborhood, Francis returns late at night. He notices a nameplate by the door. Apparently, the wrecked abode belonged to a doctor. And apparently, Francis can read. <laughs> I think most of the other movie cats in the movie can't. Um, I mean, two for sure, maybe three. Yeah. Anyway, I, th I think most of them can't. Actually, I'm not even sure that they talk. Um, and it's kind of ambiguous whether they talk talk or they cat talk. You know what I mean? I I just assume it's one of those things where like the uh, well, it's never. Ex ex I want to point. OK, the the rescue rangers. Yeah, there there's one. There's one where they're trying to call the police and they're all yammering on the phone, but they can't understand them. It's just gibberish. Yeah. And they and I think like Chip says, like. You know, it's no use. They don't speak chipmunk and Monterey Jack says, or even mousies. But uh, also there was another episode with a dog, right? A, a guy who built a robot dog. And he's like, and his, the the dad is like, they're, they're chasing him. And then the dog says, no, they're not. They're saving him. And then I was like, you're right. Who said that? And then the dog just starts whistling. So <laughs> that's, that's such a good cover to start whistling. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So. I guess sometimes animals can talk to each other and sometimes they're actually speaking English and we never really know. I think in one instance, there there might be one character in this who can talk human language, maybe, mm. but the rest of them can't. That's my theory. Anyway, let's go on with this. Um, so that night, Francis, you remember our hero, he's visited yeah. by a nightmare. He dreams of exploring a spooky house or the, the house, his own house, uh, venturing upstairs, the way shattering behind him. His shadow twists into a human in a lab coat with only a black absence for a face. The diamond-studded collar gifted to the cat becomes a controlling chain, and he's pulled by it as the room crumbles apart. When he wakes from the nightmare, he meets the main coon, uh, whose name, it turns out, is Bluebeard. Hmm. He is looking for Francis to tell him of a new cat victim, Deep Purple. On the way to investigate the victim, they're ambushed by an oversized Himalayan named Kong and his cronies, two neuters named, both of them named Herman. Bluebeard stands up to the dangerous bully, but Kong promises violence in the future for Francis. So the crime scene is a garage. When Francis investigates, his keen mind and sense of smell lead him to hypothesize that both victims were sexually excited males and that perhaps a competitor killed them. Bluebeard promises to take this newcomer, newcomer to a clever bastard the next day. Anyway, that night, Francis is awoken not by a nightmare, but the howling of cats from within the house. Finally, our hero explores the upstairs. A cult of cats witness the submission of some of their number to electric shock in old laboratory equipment, all while an apparent cult leader proselytizes about their messiah, Claudandus. Francis sneaks to the second floor 
I guess it would technically be the third floor, wouldn't it? The third floor to get a better look through the hole uh, in its floor. Among the cult members are Kong, the Hermans, and even Bluebeard. Seeing his new friend distracts Francis, and he missteps and gives his presence away. Mm. The zealous cats stream upstairs to hunt him. The chase leads to an attic of horrific lab equipment. Francis can't think about it for, for long as the villains break in. A frantic pursuit crosses several rooftops and then down to the alleys, up a drain pipe, and onto a building under construction. Francis takes a plummet off a plank and survives. He tries to hide and by stroke of luck falls through an open skylight. It's a pretty good chase scene, I think. Yes, yeah, it, it's neat. It's uh, I've never seen German anim. Well, I've seen one piece of German ani- animation before, but it was stop motion. So this mm. is the first cell German animation I've seen, and it's pretty good. Yeah, this this part especially, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So safe for now, he's in a cozy room with a Russian blue house cat named Felicity. Uh, she is blind, and her gentle nature charms Francis. Felicity has overheard the death cries of the victims. She confirms that it always started as sex. Francis continues to ask questions of the friendly cat and learns that the cult prays to a martyr named Claudandus, who was tortured by humans. Bluebeard appears just then at the skylight. Francis leaves with him to sort out what is going on. Because, you know, he was he was with the cult. Anyway. They, the two share a fish with Bluebeard back at Francis's house, hmm. and the thuggish cat insists that he attends those ritual electrocutions as harmless fun and spectacle. The, uh, the priest of the sect is apparently named Joker. Apparently all is forgiven between the two, and Bluebeard fulfills his promise to take Francis to meet the other smart cat in town, Pascal. In the well-appointed house... A portrait of biologist and abbot Gregor Mendel catches Francis's eye. Anyway, Pascal excuses Bluebeard with a promise of a meal and then shows Francis the database of all the cats in the neighborhood entitled Catbase hmm. in his computer. Yes, this cat uses a computer. Yeah. He's the other cat that can read for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Francis notices the commonality between the victims. They're all European short hairs. So the plot thickens. But since this is a mystery and maybe maybe you guys want to watch this movie, we probably better leave it here. Okay. I will say that one mystery remains by the end of the movie. All those prophetic dreams. Is Francis a replicant? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um... What do you have to say about this movie, Micah? Well, first off, first off, I sort of invited people to watch it. I'll say this is an adult animation. Yeah. And any little child that sees this will have nightmares. Oh, yes. Um, It seems like it takes influence from Secret of Nim and Watership Down, I would say. (laughs) Um, I mean, if if us saying that it starts with a cat with its throat ripped out doesn't warn you. It's Um, gory. Yeah. Um, some of those cat victims are like, even for desensitized people, desensitized person like me, I thought they were pretty disturbing. A couple of those cat murders. Hmm. It's kind of funny. One of the dream sequences, I guess a lot of people would point to because it's got like, it's a field of corpses of cat corpses, but still. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they like are lifted and break apart and stuff. But that to me seems more like, uh, you know, like a zombie movie, kind of, right? Yeah. Whereas seeing the state of those, of two of those cat victims was, you know, pretty grisly. Um, yeah. Um, so, this is hard to admit. Yeah. But I didn't actually finish this movie. It was too hard for you. So, do you remember the second episode we ever did? Oh, yes. I said that one of my kind of triggers that I can't really handle is cruelty to animals. Okay. And this movie is just an hour and 20 minutes of bad things happening to animals. 
and by other animals pretty much but well no that's not true that's not true actually yeah it, it was about half an hour in there's a like i don't want to you know i'm not going to give any spoilers but there was this one scene um where uh, where francis comes around the video yes okay yeah and at that point i was like i was feeling so bad like i was just you know the movie is fine technically but yeah. the content of it was so much that I just did not want to watch that I said, I I know that I have a podcast and I have a kind of a contract with the listener that I said I was going to watch this movie. But also I do the podcast for fun and okay. I just can't do this. Yeah, I, OK. I just shut it off. Um, But I have a replacement, which we will get, which I will get to. Um, okay. when we feel yeah. like, uh, we've talked all we can about, uh, feel day because one of us didn't watch it. Um, which is why you I'm inviting a... you to say as much as you want, because I'm going to okay, talk okay. about something else. It was like, an, it's, it's got an hour and 20 minute runtime. And I guess you got to about 40 minutes, I suppose. Um, um if that, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, okay. Uh, overall, I say this is a good movie. Um, now, it's kind of funny. You were talking about German animation and based on very few examples, I had a mm-hmm. bias that German animation was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But most of those examples were from Dingo Animation. <laughs> you know what that is? Not off the top of my head, but if you give okay. me an example, I might go, oh, that. It's a really unfair comparison because this is one of the worst looking studios in the world. Huh. Um, so mostly they make mockbusters. So, you know, if, if, if a animated movie comes out from a big studio, they'll release something with the almost exact same title. They made, (laughs) I almost saved one to, (laughs) to recommend to you to watch at the end for, for next week. Yeah. But they're just so bad that I just, I couldn't do it. Like I found they did Prince of Egypt of all things to Mockbust. They did that one and it was oh only half God. an hour, but it was terrible. They're, they're awful. They also do uh, PAL region, which is to say Europe video games. Okay. Um, there's like a class of crap Euro video game that um, is just like a collection of maybe five or six bad games like you know, put the puzzle together, coloring book or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there'll be like a half hour animated video on there, too. <laughs> they make those. They're awful. Oh, so good. Hey, um, I know one. There's like one where dogs play soccer. You know, <laughs> have you ever seen that one? Maybe mm, they, they did that on Game Grumps recently. Oh, anyway, they're they're just a god awful. Stu- anyway, I'm, get, I'm getting off topic from feel day, but <laughs> Dingo Animation, one of the worst <laughs> there is. Anyway, man, this movie. thinking about Mockbusters, man, that was always so funny because like it was so transparent when you'd see, you know, like Disney's Beauty and the Beast is still in theater and there's a VHS of Beauty and the Beast. Right. And I thought it was really funny when Disney for pretty much the first time uh, did their own unique property. Well, I mean, you can debate how unique it is, but The Lion King. It wasn't based on some like public domain story. No, it, was, it was like it was ripped off from Kimba. Kimba the White Lion. Yeah. yeah. But but at the same time, like it was its own. It was ostensibly its own thing. It's not like Kimba sure. the White Lion is public domain. Oh, so then you get one. like um, uh, the Royal Lion, um, King of the Jungle. Right. <laughs> Just these movies that were scrambling to make something <laughs> about a lion. It was I thought that was really funny. Yeah, Saber Sparks got this whole thing about like how there's a million Finding Nemo clones. I guess. Oh gosh, it's still going the, today. Th- those especially because it's relatively easy to animate something that doesn't have to stand on anything. You know. Mm, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, it's ever like. Um, I think in Splatoon two. No. Yeah. Splatoon one. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, there was there's an anemone girl because all is all um, sea creatures in Splatoon. And there's an anemone girl who runs one of the stores named Annie. And she's got a little clownfish with her. And I was like, this is like half because they're all sea creatures and half because of finding Nemo. Right. Huh. And then in Splatoon three, there's a different anemone girl with a different clownfish, a black clownfish. I see. Um, which 
it actually made me sad when I read, uh, oh, fun trivia fact, her clownfish is dying of neglect. I'm like, I don't want to yeah. know that. I just want to go in and buy a friggin' sticker for my locker. I don't want to know that this clownfish is dying. Remember one of our friends uh, who tends to obsess on things? Um, <laughs> she had a oh. shelf, a shelf <laughs> full of Nemo plushies. Not just like, a shelf, a house. Yes, but it was just like spooky, just a wall of Nemos <laughs> looking at you. Oh, that, <laughs> yes, it was. That was the first of her obsessions. But like the first time I visited her house, it was in that yeah. phase. And then yeah, it was right. like overnight I go in and it's like, oh, all the Nemos are gone. And now there's Mario's. Right. Mm. And then Bill the Bears. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and anyway, now so, real live rabbits. <laughs> yes. So about the animation here. Yes. Um, so, yes, some of it was done in Germany. But this was cobbled together with animation farmed all over the world, including Dublin, London, Vancouver, Toronto, Copenhagen, and Seoul. Huh. So really, PC, and it made sense after when I looked that up because I felt none of the animation in this is bad. No. But some of it doesn't seem to match up with how good other parts are. And I think that's mm. wise because it was so carved up. Um, the dream sequence with all the dead cats... That's Remind, yeah. It is. It yeah. reminded me a lot about Pink, of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, very certainly, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. I say that uh, the English voice performances are just okay. They're all right. It's, I yeah. mean, it's the same thing how I always prefer subbed to dubbed because it... Right. It doesn't quite sound right. This is better than most anime is, but at the same time, there's some like huh. some Mostly. stuff that doesn't quite sound right or things like, you know, yeah. like uh, uh, Francis is immediately like, oh, if I'm going to crack this case and like nobody told you you needed to crack the case. Right. Like, you never established that you're a detective or anything. It's just like. Well, these are based on out. novels, and this is just the first novel, so I guess it's him solving crimes wherever oh, he goes. Okay, yeah. Um, huh. Anyway, the, the, uh, there is actually a lot of anime performers in here. Uh, Bob Sessions plays Kong, the uh, the bully um, Himalayan cat. Yeah. And he also has voiced Violence Jack. Huh. Yeah, it's a hilarious anime, but it's, it's as grim as this in terms of yeah. violence and other content. But anyway... Mm. Uh, um, the theme song for this, he's got a cool man. Imagine if they made more than one movie, they'd probably use reuse this theme song. He's got a, a cool detective theme song that's like, you know, uh, uh, he wants adventure. Adventure means trouble. Yeah. Um, I and remember it was like, yeah, I, I remember being impressed by that song. It was like, yeah, well, this is actually once I realized that it was English lyrics, I was like, oh, yeah, huh. it was co-written by Boy George. Whoa! <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. 1994. Well, it would have been before 94, but wow. That's that's when Boy George was in kind of the hardest of times. Sure. Yeah, with the golden asterisk painted on his head. <laughs> yeah. Um Anyway, I, I, you didn't you didn't reach it, but there's some contrived fire added to the climax at the end of the story. Oh, sure. Of course there is. It happens from an accident. It should have been caused on purpose, I think, because it happens by an accident that I don't think I could have made happen on purpose. <laughs> um, but whatever, that's fine. Um, and I thought overall, as I, as I thought about this movie, if this was humans in live action, would the mystery be strong enough? Mm. And I think maybe not. But at the same time, it's hard to divorce the uh, the charm and uh, of it being a cat character from it, right? And then figure what would this be like otherwise. Mm. Plus, I think it's good enough because I thought of other ways it could have gone, like other interesting ways. Like, what if what if this was a killer and it was all kind of a, you know a ruse and uh, different scenarios? Now, did you reach the sex scene in this thing? No, I wondered if there was going to be one. There is a graphic sex scene in this. Now, when I wow. say graphic, when I say graphic. There's no detailed genitalia, but I was thinking, like, how much of this are they going to show? And there's, like, <laughs> meowing and biting and rutting and stuff. Like, it's it's a sex scene, all right. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's actually kind of a thing I like is that while Francis is way more intelligent than any cat could ever be, um, he's also a cat. 
right? <laughs> that yeah. it's just like, oh, I smell the potential for sex. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Um, huh. Interesting. I did want because there's I did see uh, in one of the houses some um, some tapestries depicting humans. Oh, the Kama Sutra, right? Yes. Pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This this movie's pretty coarse. Um, but, you know, yeah. if you want an adult animation, like it's not campy. If you're thinking no. this is going to be like, uh, you know, he's going to be narrating and his name is Sam Spade, like the the, the Garfield's Nine Lives. It's yeah, nothing Spade like that. Spade spelled S-P-A-Y-E-D. Yes, yes. Um, no, no. This is this is like a serious take on these pulp detective stories. Yeah. But it's yeah. cats. But it's not funny cats. It's yeah, so. it's uh, adult enough that I couldn't finish it. So. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'll give it a recommend. I'm, I'm surprised people don't talk about this more, but maybe it's for the same reason that, you know, you couldn't finish it is they just, you know, they don't want to recommend this to their friends because there's torture and stuff in it. I mean, I, I have a pretty low threshold. Like, I yes. don't recommend Babe Pig in the City uh, uh. because the animals are all starving and there's a scene of a, I think it's a dog being hung by a leash in a river and drowning um yeah like it's like yeah, oh haha, fun happy sequel to babe it's like uh no this, this was almost a blind pick for me but i knew it was a murder mystery and i wondered like ah oh, is matsy gonna be okay so yeah sorry for picking something that's this grim well these things have to happen sooner or later but it yeah. also makes for a more interesting well i shouldn't say more interesting podcast it makes for uh, an unexpected twist in this podcast because we're getting two movie reviews instead of one. Okay, lay it on me. Hopefully I've seen it. Um, I don't know that you... Well, maybe you have. I don't know. Okay. Um, I just decided I was feeling really bad. I was just looking around YouTube like, oh <laughs> man, what am I... Uh, and I saw a thumbnail and I was like, I wonder if there's any of the streaming services I've subscribed to have this. And I went and looked, and one of them did. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I looked at the times. Like, do I have time to watch this? Yes. Okay, let's see what happens. And it's the 2019 computer animated The Addams Family. Oh, no. Okay. Have you seen that? Not seen it, no. Uh, Okay, let me... I mean, I haven't prepared any notes or anything, but let me give the basic idea. Okay. It opens with the wedding of Morticia and Gomez Adams. Uh, they are in some weird place. I don't know exactly where. It's not specified. But the wedding is broken up by angry villagers with torches who are trying to drive the monstrous Adams family out. The Adamses all barely escape. It's not just Morticia and Gomez and Fester, but there's right. like an extended Adams family all around. Okay. We're all weirdos. You think they'd find that the perfect wedding. You know what? I, that occurred to me too. Yeah. But I think it's just the fact that they're not allowed to be like, they're not okay. allowed to be at peace. It's like, Oh man. We, cause, cause then Morticia starts talking about how she wants to settle down somewhere where they don't have to be driven out all the time. Like, okay. So apparently it's kind of hard for them to settle. Yeah. Um, and so they figure we need a place that's dark and gloomy and nobody wants to live. And like no one in their right mind would ever want to live there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, what kind of like star spangled banner is going to fly across the screen now? Um, and it cuts to welcome to New Jersey. Right. OK. Yeah. So we're in like Ghostbusters, the or the real Ghostbusters animated series level <laughs> of that fish in a barrel. I thought they were officially in New York, but same difference, basically. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as they're driving, like trying to find somewhere to live, they hit someone. Mm. Uh, they are quite happy about this. They oh, because mm. Thing is driving, by the way. Um, Funny. Thing in this, they've given a watch with an eye on it. Maybe it's an eye watch uh, mm. so that he can sometimes have facial expressions. But actually, a lot of the time the eye is closed, which I prefer because then Thing is just a hand. Right. Um, anyway, the thing the the person that they hit is wearing a straight jacket from an insane asylum. And they look up and they see this big, creepy house up on a hill and they're like, ooh, 
they untie the oh the uh the guy they hit gets up they untie him he's a frankenstein looking weirdo and they give him their bags and say okay you're our servant now and there's the origin of lurch oh ha uh they go up to the insane asylum find that it is completely abandoned and hey guess what that's their new home okay uh 13 years later they are nicely settled in this house we get to see them going about their daily routine uh morticia gets lurch to dust the house and you can imagine what that gag is um Hmm. the children are awakened um wednesday is just kind of morbid but pugsley they actually gave pugsley a character in this Uh, He likes explosives, but there's the um, some I can't remember the word. It's a it's a weird word, but it's like a a coming of age ceremony thing involving sabers. So he has to do some kind of weird sword fight thing and he hasn't really been practicing. It's his Mm. like, you know, bar mitzvah, if you will. His yeah, his welcoming into Adam's manhood. Right. Uh. Wednesday, on the other hand, is just kind of bored. And then she hears a weird noise from beyond the gate. Turns out there's a girl on a bike there. But when she sees the gate start to open, that that girl on that bike freaks out and drives away or rides away, I guess. Mm. Now, Wednesday never saw her. She just heard the noise. And over dinner, she asks her family what's beyond the gate. And they're all stunned, like, uh, you, never mind. You you can stay here. You can explore all you want when you're grown up. But right now, stay here. It's safer. Oh, also, this is when Uncle Fester shows up. The family has been invited for uh, Pugsley's big thing. But Fester shows up early. Um, <laughs> Fester has the voice thing that I don't like with the kind of the squish mm. in the asses. The mighty bee. Yes. Um, however, I actually really liked him in this. Like, he's creepy okay. and fun because he's like, he comes in, he says that he's early and is, and they're trying to find a place for him. He's <laughs> like, oh, I can just stay in the attic. You'll never know I'm there. I'm real good at that. Like, yeah. I love that, that. That. Um. By the way, little tie-in, as most people will know, uh, Uncle Fester by Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd is a guest character on Over the Garden Wall, so. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Guest voice, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wednesday is still really curious. Oh, 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 wait, no. She is curious, but we have to set that aside because at this point we get to see a TV show. Uh, There is a woman named Margot Needler. Needler or Needleman? Something like that. Needler, let's say. And she is like a Martha Stewart kind of home renovator thing. Her deal is that she does surprise renovations. Um, I think it's called design interventions. That's what it is. Um, Where she just shows up in people's homes and like renovates them. And her big, this show's big uh, thing that's going on right now is they have made their own town called Assimilation. Um. Um. Hey, guess what? It's right down the hill from the Adams family's house. Yeah. And hey, guess what? That girl on the bike earlier was Margot Needler's daughter, Parker. Um, Parker's kind of she's curious about that house, but or what's up on that foggy hill, because the fog never goes away. Um, But of course, Margot is the yeah, ignoring her daughter because she's fixated on her career. She's the villain of this thing. Okay. Um, now they are the finale of her show season is going to be opening up assimilation. They have 50 homes and they are going to get people to come in and buy them all. And they kind of need that because if it doesn't work, then they're in trouble. So she at at some point they open up a window in a house as they're going through through some walkthrough. And at this point, the fog has mysteriously cleared and everyone can see the terrifying house on the hill. Mm. And that's bad news when you're trying to make a perfect manufactured community. So 
Margot decides, oh, what we need to do is we need to go up and renovate that house. And so they go up. She goes up with her crew. They meet the Adams family. She is kind of uh, freaked out as, you know, as you are. Um, but the Adamses are not really interested in her. Like she puts some like spray paint, some X's on things that need to be teared down or everything. And the Adamses are like, oh, mm. perfect. Great. No, you don't actually need to tear them down. We just like the X's. Now go away. Huh. Um, kind of like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Well, yeah. Just without the I mean, in Beetlejuice, the the house does eventually get renovated. But yes. Right. Like that early yeah. phase. Anyway, uh, the Adamses then go into town to meet their neighbors. And, you know, that goes how Adams family things do. Mm. Um, Parker makes friends or Wednesday makes friends with Parker, I should say. Um, it kind of goes weird in different ways. Um, and eventually what happens is that Wednesday likes this idea of school because Parker doesn't like school. She's like, oh, it's just, you know, girls stabbing each other in the back, friends turning on each other. And Wednesday's like, uh huh, I see. Mm. Interesting. So Wednesday gets to go to public school and immediately gets in bad with the bully, uh, Bethany. So, mm. OK. And anyway, I guess I won't go into super detail on what happens, but you get the basic idea here of, you know, what the conflict is. This is, you would say, basically typical Adams family. Kind of. It's like. Most Adams family that you see, the Adams family is established. Yeah. And this is like the Adams family moving into a new town and people sure. like getting used to. It's like first impressions of the Adams family. Overall, they don't screw with it too much, though, even though they've iterated as many times as they have. Yeah. It's mostly the same. I mean, I guess they they have that one series based on Wednesday. Yes. Which I, I, I've never seen. So maybe that's different. Maybe. I mean, adult Wednesday. I don't know. I yeah. I actually really liked Wednesday. Her character design is kind of ugly. She's got a huge head <laughs> and her ponytails okay. are nooses, which sounds good mm. in theory, but doesn't really look that great. But they her get caught on everything. Her personality is so entertaining hmm. where she's like, uh, I should like to explore beyond the gate. Or there's this scene earlier where she she wants to help Pugsley. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you want to help me? Why? She's like, because you're my brother and I love you. And she just hmm. stares at him with her pupils getting smaller and this little smile growing on her face. And it's like, ah. this Wednesday is great. This Pugsley you know, is great. Which in, a, is, in a weird way, I bet the Adams family defined humor, right? For mm, for like a generation of writing. Maybe. Because this writing doesn't seem out of place in like every cartoon now. No, yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Um, it's like, like I, boy, I had a plethora of things to talk about at the beginning. I, I watched some Owl House. Oh, yeah. And, and one of my criticisms, I think, of... of all these Disney cartoons is they're almost interchangeable. <laughs> like all the jokes could have been told by Webby, Webby on DuckTales. Yeah, a little bit. And yeah. the color palette's all the same. And mm. anyway, But again, now that you're talking about Adam's Family, I think like, wow, that's a lot like Adam's Family. A lot of the jokes that are in these cartoons now. Yeah. But there's there's such fun, like Wednesday starts to get more and more rebellious. But mm-hmm. like Wednesday's rebellion is, <laughs> I mean, it starts when she goes to the mall with her new friends and when she comes okay. home um morticia spots that she has a unicorn barrette in her hair uh, yeah, yeah. And she's like i'm all in favor of a horse with a spear through its head but that color and and yeah. she actually has a great wild take when she sees it because morticia you know she's totally white right yes, yes. and she just gasps and turns pink like normal flesh colored. And then this yeah, yeah. bat comes, latches onto her neck, sucks the pink away and then flies away again. It's mm. good stuff. Like her, uh, this, this movie's kind of a little bit on the ugly side. Some of the character designs. Um, okay. I'm, the, but it's so much fun. Like I was smiling the whole time I was watching it. It's not a great movie, but it's fun. 
Well, in contrast, right? Like, yeah, uh, it, it was. It's picked, a real picked contrast. Picked you up after seeing some cats. Oh, it, die. it picked me way up. I was in a much better mood. Um, another thing that I like, I knew this from the trailer. Mm-hmm. That because it's doing the the cast like Oscar Isaac's is Gomez. Um, uh, what's her? Uh, Charlize Theron is Morticia. Um, hmm. And it's got Bette Midler as Grandmama and stuff. And then it's like, and Snoop Dogg as Cousin It. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute. Doesn't It just talk in like squeaky gibberish? Yeah, yeah. And he does. But I guess it's Snoop Dogg's like pitched up recorded backwards gibberish. I almost wish it just sounded like sco- like <laughs> recognizable Snoop Dogg. Oh, and also there's... um transition sometimes they'll transition from scene to scene with uh lurch playing something on the piano or the organ yeah um usually a note uh like a you know some song that people know or like you know pomp and circumstance or some piece of classical music right then there's this one scene where everyone is you know everyone's kind of at their lowest and he starts playing this doon 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 and i'm like that's Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Hmm. And then he starts singing Everybody Hurts in a falsetto. Like, ah. his voice breaks. He's like, when the day is long in yeah. the night. And I'm like, oh, this is this is Lurch singing R.E.M. Arguably R.E.M.'s most famous song or one of them. Yeah, yeah. But like, so much fun. The Addams Family from 2019 so much fun. There is apparently a sequel, The Addams Family 2. Um, mm. And I'm wary of that. I wonder how it's from 2021. And so I wonder if it was like straight to video or straight to streaming or how it was released. And did it come with the same kind of budget? Like, or is it like. I I, I wonder if it's as good, but um yeah, I don't have any real hesitation in recommending The Adams Family 2019. Uh, I think it's every, you know, The Adams Family movie from 1990 or whenever it was, is always kind of the standard that everyone holds up. Yes. But I think this is pretty good, too. I think there's a lot of legs in The Adams Family, and if you do it right... And I think this movie, even though it has some ugly character designs or just bland, like it kind of, you know, some of the other like the nondescript neighbor characters just kind of look like every human in every other computer animated movie. They're they're truer to the New Yorker designs, though, like Wednesday's tall head. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true. And Gomez, too. Um, Yeah. I always have trouble when I see Gomez looking grotesque. Yes. Um, I remember actually I watched the trailer for that Wednesday series. And mm-hmm. when I saw Gomez, I went, ew. And then I went, actually, <laughs> wait a minute. That actually yeah. is Gomez, isn't it? That's like the best actor portrayal of Gomez I've ever seen. Um, also, he has an accent in this. He's like huh. actually Hispanic. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, you were mentioning who plays the, the, uh, various characters. Wednesday, I guess, is played by Chloe Grace Moretz, right? Yes. Yeah. So... She's kind of going through the same thing she went through in Kick-Ass 2, huh. where she got she got unicorn, so to speak. Mm. Hmm. Well, it was, it's kind of like her goth phase. You know, she shows up wearing like this white blouse and pink skirt. And and she's like, she, she, she keeps coming up in my like Google News things now. Oh, yeah. Her talking about her, uh, how ashamed she felt when a meme was going around comparing her to a uh, family guy character. Oh, no. Because her legs are so long, which I think is like usually, usually, especially a woman wants that characteristic, don't they? Anyway. Well, I mean, there are certainly like Bayonetta has ridiculous legs. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, anyway, that's my surprise review. The Addams Family 2019. Uh, Hmm. Fun movie. I don't know that it's a great movie, but you'll have a good time watching it, I feel. You know what we've accidentally done? What? Uh, this will be like the first uh, podcast in October. So we've kind of kicked off our spooky October. Oh my gosh, you're right. We, Jeez. We I had sh- Feel a Day, which is gory as heck. And yeah. Adam's Family. Yeah. 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 
Good point. Good point. I got to keep an eye on that when we're thinking of topics. Um, yeah, yeah. We well, made, I, think, I think, yeah. We made kind of a half-assed promise last year or at some point that maybe for Halloween we would do rock and roll this year. Um, oh, yeah. Do we really? I mean, we could. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Um, we well, can certainly talk about what we'll do next week. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, um, we're going to revisit a theme that we've done before. Did we do one or two of these? We've done this twice. Okay, so this is number three. Why does this exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cartoons that are like, what? Like, why? Who made this? Why? It's It sucks. <laughs> right. Nobody would, this has no audience. What are we doing? Right. Could be for various reasons. Like you say, no audience, technically deficient, or just plain weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of worry that you might actually know what I'm going to, or if once I say it, you'll go, oh, I know why you're giving me this. Okay. Uh, Augie and the cockroaches. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is a show like, uh, Dexter's lab. That's a three parter, three, yes. three episodes. Um, sure. So, oh, and also there's a couple of different versions of Augie and the Cockroaches. There's a reboot on <laughs> Netflix right now. I can't believe I'm saying Hilarious. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not that. I'm talking original, like, 1998 or whenever it was, Augie you and the sure? Cockroaches. Uh, the episode contains the segments One Track Life, Mousegator, <laughs> and Nine Months and Counting. Okay. Hmm. Augie and the cockroaches. American listeners will be scratching their heads. Maybe. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's originally French, so. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got something for you. <laughs> Boy, do I have something for you. Oh. This thing is called Cypher the Animation. Hmm. Now. That sounds when you... familiar. Oh, I bet it isn't. Uh, <laughs> when you watch this. There may be afterward a making of documentary. Okay. You'll have been watching for like half an hour and that's enough. <laughs> um, I mean, you don't have to watch the documentary just for reasons of time, but also it's boring. It won't help you understand what you just watched that much better. So <laughs> yeah, you, you only need to watch the, the how I think it's 40 minutes, the 40 minute cartoon. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so there we go. Augie and Cypher and cockroaches. <gasps> Until we come back next week, let us know how disappointed you are in me for not finishing that movie. Let us know how disappointed you are in me for liking that Adams Family movie that looked kind of not good. Um, and, you know, just talk to us. We're so lonely. I'm at AC Matsy on Twitter. Right. Um, I'm at Drab Swatch. Oh, there's one bit of bookkeeping I wanted to get done before before we sign off here. Yeah. Uh, we got a tweet from our, our good friend Moss Lion. Oh. And Mossy asks us, have you ever seen Titanic? The legend goes on featuring <laughs> the rapping dog. <laughs> have you seen this? No. <laughs> OK. Uh, as I noted in my reply, I have not watched the movie proper. Uh, there's actually, there's two different Titanic animated movies. Yeah. And one of them has a sequel. I think this one. <laughs> a um, sequel to a Titanic. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The the Titanic makes it safely across the sea in the movie and the second one as well. Um, <laughs> it sinks <laughs> yes, on the way back to England. Sure. Um, so <laughs> this has been covered so much. Like, I'm pretty sure... Nostalgia Critic did it. I'm, maybe John Tron did it. Uh, lots of people have done this to the point where having not seen uh, Titanic, The Legend Goes On, I, I know the scene with the rapping dog. It's party time. It's party time. I know that scene well enough. Um, and I even have a favorite scene from this movie that I haven't watched. It might <laughs> be from the second one, but who cares? I think it is from the first one. So... There's there's both animal characters and there's human characters having a drama, right? Where the animals are supporting things in the background, whether it's the villains or the heroes. Uh -huh. um, and the bad guy humans 
cut the um, the telegraph. What, what what do you call that? The the telegraph wire. You know the d d d d d d thing, right? Yeah, yeah. They cut it so that uh, to make sure their evil plot goes through and the wedding doesn't get stopped or the deed doesn't get its payment or whatever, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so the mice try to reconnect the telegraph so that the message can get out, <laughs> but they're struggling. They can't connect the wires. The burly mouse is like on his back and he's pulling with both his arms, but they just won't reach. And so as the ultimate sacrifice, he connects each wire to the ends of his mustache to complete the circuit. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's that's my favorite scene from it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. He apparently dies, but then he's at the end, so he didn't die after all. But yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) Apparently these movies are full of people not dying when they should have. Right. Yeah. So if if you don't feel like seeing it, I've just given away the best scene, in my opinion. It's not the rapping dog. It's the uh, mustache circuit. Um (laughs) Yeah, so thanks thanks for the tweet, uh, Moss Lion. Yeah. Anyway, as I said, I'm at Drab Swatch, and uh, now, until next time, I impart to you this quest. Venture yond the ponds of Iskrogdaltor. Wander o'er the hills of Corbrandor. Sup on cakes of flour of Deathwan. When thou break at the inn of Istibelplok, then down the pits most fell, most foul, the whole of Argonius Buff. Bring out the thistle of Lohar, and alight it with the oil of Mikotap Mostru. Regard the wall, and from its runes learn the celery stalker's slogan. Rugged baby bumbly bumbly, baby baby rugged baby.